Well, good morning. Please take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 20. John chapter 20 this morning. And I have very much missed having Resurrection Sunday this morning with the church family. And um, I feel a little bit like the Southern War General who, after the Southern, the South lost the Civil War, he protested by having a protest beard. And I want you to know that I grew out a beard for about three weeks, uh, not being able to have church. It was a small protest. And um, it kind of got so itchy and scratchy and irritating that, uh, and I actually developed a slight skin infection. I finally got rid of that. So the beard protest is over. But uh, doing something a little more practical, I decided, by, I believe, the Lord's leading to continue with Resurrection Sunday theme the week afterwards by focusing our attention on John chapter 20 on the resurrection again. And the Lord really dealt with me through this text and spoke to my heart. And this message is help for the earnest seeker after Christ. Help for the earnest seeker after Christ. The things I'm sharing this morning with you are things that I have not arrived, but God has convicted me deeply that Oh, I want to seek the Lord as Mary Magdalene did at the, at the sepulcher early that morning. John chapter 20 is where we are, and let's begin in verse number 10. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home, but Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre, and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself, and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. We'll stop right there. This morning I'd like to focus on being a help, I hope, to believers who have um, have lost the joy of being in God's presence and earnestly desire Him, desire to seek after Him, almost like David, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I do understand, though, there might be some who have never found Him, maybe longing to find salvation, need to be saved today. And I want you to know that while the message is for those who are seeking after Christ, if you're seeking to be saved, there is an answer here for you this morning as well. I'd like to point out some very encouraging truths about Mary seeking after the Lord. Number one, number one, different personalities seek Jesus differently. Different personalities 
seek Jesus differently. Now, of course, you understand there's only one way to heaven through Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. When I say different personalities seek Jesus differently, I mean believers seeking Jesus in different ways. Some some seek him in prayer, sometimes in prayer and Bible study, sometimes prayer and Bible study and fasting. And I look at verse 10, and then verse 10 of our chapter says, Then the disciples went away, again, unto their own home. But Mary. Now Mary's not like the rest of the disciples. She's seeking Christ more earnestly. She's seeking more relentlessly. Isn't it interesting how different people do things differently? I don't think there was anything wrong with Peter or James or John. They went to their own home. And Mary seeking her, seeking the Lord in uh, her own way. I know it's different people do things differently. In our family, of course, we have eight children. And the oldest, 18, down to the youngest, two. And uh, children are different. Boys are different from girls. I was reminded of this again this past week when our neighbor, Mr. Adcock, was explaining to um, Elijah my five-year-old, not to roll logs over because there might be a snake under the log. And he was telling, um, telling Elijah, instead reach over the top of the log to the other side, the far side of the log, and pull it toward you so that you're rolling the log toward your feet. That way the snake exits away from you. But on the other hand, he said, if you if you do it wrong, if you push, if you push the log away from you and roll it away from you, then it takes the exit toward you, coming straight at you, and you don't want that. Well, I was kind of watching Elijah take this all in, and I could tell he was not processing it. Something else was on his mind. So I kind of reiterated, and I said, now, Elijah, did you understand what Mr. Adcock said? Elijah? Oh, yes, Papa. I roll the log over, and when the snake comes out at me, I kill it with a big stick. Hit, hit, hit! And he looks at me as if to say, my way's better because his snake's still out there. It'll come back and bite him. My snake's dead because I hit him with a stick. Well, that just reminds me that um, everyone's different. And Elijah is a, he's a different breed. And every one of the children are different. Well, isn't it, isn't it amazing how different people do things differently? And different personalities seek Jesus differently. I want to point out a few things that Mary did. Mary is not like the rest of the disciples. And she is seeking the Lord, I would say, good word is relentlessly, uh, more affectionately than Peter, James, and John. Uh, the rest, well, they go away to their own home. Mary's restless. She stays there at the sepulcher. I wonder if John didn't hurry back home to tell Jesus' mother, Mary, because he was taking care of Jesus' mother from the time of the cross. Peter went home um, to his house. I wonder if it was because there was a, a darkness hanging over him. He denied the Lord three times. But Mary's different. She is longing to see him whom she loves, dead or alive. She wants to find him. And, and I, I look at how she seeks him very early in the morning. Mary has to be there. 
Proverbs 8:17 says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Maybe, maybe Mary trudged over many miles. I don't know how far she had to go to get to the, to the sepulcher. But she gets there early and comes the distance. It's, it's a wonderful thing when your heart becomes so, so stirred up to seek after Christ that you cannot be happy without Him. That you can't live without Him. You must wait upon Him and wait upon Him. Be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. And I, I read this and I say, Oh God, I want to have this kind of heart for you that cannot live without you, cannot be happy without you. It's, it's when you're so resolved to wait upon God for His wisdom that you must have He who is wisdom appear to you so that He, you, you need Him. Mary is different from the others. I see not only is she relentless and she's restless, she's longing, she gets there early. How many miles does she go? She can't live without him. But she's weeping. Now verse 11 says, But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. Well, I don't hear Peter weeping. I don't read about John shedding a tear. They, they may have, but the Holy Spirit doesn't record it, does he? But the Holy Spirit records in his great book because he wants you to see her, Mary Magdalene, a real person, just like you, just like me, seeking the Lord. She, the Bible says, stood without at the sepulcher weeping. She's brokenhearted. I will tell you, I envy her. I wish my heart was often broken for my Lord's presence. I, I find that a heart broken to be with my Lord is lacking. And the Lord brings conviction when I read this. Where was her Lord? That's her question. What have you done with his body? The tomb is empty. She's imagining what other terrible things have been done to his body now that they've taken it away again. If they, if they dishonored his body. What are they doing? Who did this? And she stands there in deep emotion. And I ask, is it unusual when you can't get a hold of God and it doesn't seem like you're getting through and there's no answer? Is it unusual for you to weep? When you cannot live without him, when the joy of your life is gone, when do you ever grieve? Grieve? for not being able to hear from him? I'll tell you, I, I make excuses for myself. I, I, I say, well, she was at a graveside. It's easier to weep at a graveside. Um, she'd experienced the death of someone she loved. It's always easier to, to, to cry then. She'd had trauma over the last three days. The cross, the brutality, the morbidity. Oh, the brutality she saw. Oh, the trauma. That's why she was crying. No, I need to stop making excuses and ask God to forgive me and pray. Oh, God, more love to Thee, O oh Christ. More love to Thee. The reason I don't weep and cry to know God more, more love to Thee, is because I'm only as near Him as I want to be. You notice, Mary is searching for Jesus, but she is 
She's looking in the wrong place. She's looking into the sepulcher for the living Christ, for the, for the risen Savior. Wrong place to look. He's not there. He's risen. She's earnest. She's brokenhearted, but she's mistaken. The angels were right. Why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here, but is risen. She's looking in the wrong place, but at least she's looking. And Mary gives, I think, me and you good counsel today. If you lose sight of your Lord, pick up where you last saw him. Go back to the word of God. Turn back, flip through the pages. Go back to Psalms where God's spoken to you before and pick up there again. Different personalities seek Jesus differently, don't they? She, she was seeking him relentlessly. She was restless. She's longing. She's up early. She's, she can't live without him. She's weeping. She's seeking him. You, you might not have all these things, but it's okay. Different personalities seek Jesus differently. Number two, when seeking Jesus, don't be deterred. Don't be distracted. Don't be deterred. Don't lose focus. Don't get off course. When seeking Jesus, don't be deterred. At any other time, I think if Mary Magdalene had seen two angels, she would have been astonished. I mean, their appearance may knock soldiers to the ground, but she's not knocked off her mission. Where is he? If you read the passage carefully, you'll see that Mary talked to these angels as if they were just regular common folk. And I know you might be thinking, uh, yes, but when did she find out that they were angels? She didn't know. She thought they were just two people, two men. Well, the Bible comes out very clearly, and it says in verse 12 that she saw two angels in white sitting. Um, you say, well, she might have found out later that they were angels. When? You tell me and look at the story. doesn't look like it. Did someone else who wasn't there tell her what you saw was angels? No, she, from what the text says, she looks at two angels. It doesn't say that they were two angels that just looked like normal men. In fact, one of the one of the parallel passages talks about them being bright and shining. And she talks to them like common folk. You know, she's not shocked by them. When they say to her, woman, why weepest thou? She answers them straight up. Because they've taken away my Lord and I know not where they've laid him. She's not frightened by them. She is not put off of her mission. She is not diverted. When seeking Jesus, don't be deterred. You know, when Jesus becomes the great desire of our heart, he'll become the focus of our heart. He'll be the one we start thinking about more than anything else. When our heart becomes tender, and it finally begins to long after him, it may be that we'll forget other things that are not as important, and things will take their proper priority in, in our lives. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. There is no such thing without seeking first the king. We must have him. We must see Jesus. We must not be content with anything, anything else. Notice that not only did angels not deter her, but angels could not comfort her. Mary is not content with what the angels say. The angels are saying, woman, why weepest thou? And it didn't comfort her at all. She continues weeping and she tells them why she's weeping. 
And believe me, if angels from heaven cannot fill or give contentment to the heart of one seeking after Jesus, Pastor Joe Lang cannot give you fulfillment or contentment either. The words of man will never satisfy your heart. It's going to have to be Jesus Christ or you will not be satisfied. I see also under this, when seeking Jesus, don't be deterred. She gladly owns Jesus as her Lord. And I love this in the text. When she speaks to Peter and John in verse 2, she says, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher. And when she speaks to the angels in, let's see, it's verse number... 13, she says, they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. Same exact words except for two. Uh, When she talks to the disciples, the apostles, she doesn't find it necessary to say my Lord. The, The other disciples know exactly who the Lord was. But she's not met these angels before. And she's not going to let them go without their knowing that Jesus is her Lord, her very own. And so she puts it to them. They have taken away my Lord. I like that. Are you seeking after God? Did you seek Him this morning? Whether He meets with you in a special way today or not, own Him as your Lord. My beloved is mine, and I am his. If I don't feel his presence today, he is still my Lord. If I must go through darkness and not see his face, and all is bleak and dreary, if I feel hurt or discouraged, he is still my Lord. I know whom I have believed And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I am his, and he is mine. Like Jacob, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. She says to these angels she's never seen before about a Lord, her Lord who's just been crucified. She says to them, they have taken away my Lord. It's almost like Ruth, when Orpah turned back from the mother-in-law and said goodbye, but Ruth clave unto unto Naomi. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee, for whither thou goest, I will go. Like Jesus talking to his disciples when a number of his of people turned away. And he said, Whither wilt thou will that will you leave also? And they say, Whither should I we go? Thou hast the words of life. They're saying, We're yours. We belong to you. We're sticking with you. It's Job saying, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. It's the Old Testament servant who had his ear bored through, bored to the doorpost as a sign of saying, I am my master's servant forever. Whatever happens... I am my Lord's. And that's the kind of seeking after God that's going to find him. Seek and ye shall find. He that seeketh findeth. And the Bible says he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Don't you love Mary, Mary Magdalene, how she owns him as her Lord. This is 
angels may come, angels may go, but she, she's not seeking after angels. She's seeking her Lord. And she's going to own him in front of anyone because she must find him. Nothing's going to hold her back. This is, this is for every one of us who are children of God. If you feel that you've lost the joy of your salvation or the enjoyment of being in his presence, or the light of his countenance has grown dark and you don't feel like you're getting through to God or hearing from him in a regular basis, and it's a discouragement to you, and you must be back with him. You're seeking him. You have his word on it. Draw nigh to me, and I will draw nigh to thee. Let me ask you, who do you think is even now standing behind his word, this message from his word? He's beckoning you closer. Who is it that's inviting you to to come in with him and sup with him and he with you? Who is encouraging you to draw nigh? Your Lord ever encourages your desire, and he's able to satisfy. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Oh, that God would cause us and help us to long after him, to yearn after him, to hunger after him, to faint after him more and more. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of, there he is, the Lord, my Lord, in the land of the living. You know, number one, Different personalities seek Jesus differently. That should be an encouragement to you. We don't all seek the Lord the same. Different times we seek Him differently. Sometimes with tears. Sometimes we have to stir ourselves up. Second, when seeking Jesus, don't be deterred. Number three, Jesus may be much closer than you think. Jesus may be much closer than you think. Verse 14, And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus may be much closer than you think. He was right behind her while she's looking into his sepulcher. She spoke to angels. She answers their question and is suddenly aware that Jesus is standing right behind her. You know, it's interesting that in this passage, the angels are sitting, the Bible says in verse 12, and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head, the other at the feet. But if you look at Luke 24, toward the end of the story, it looks like the angels have stood up. And it reminds me of the Hallelujah Chorus, Handel's Hallelujah Chorus, when it was sung before the king, and the king in reverence to the king of kings that he shall reign forever and ever. The king stood to his feet in honor and reverence to Jesus Christ, the true king of kings. And I think, I wonder, I'm not the first to say this, I wonder if, uh, as it's describing the angels, the Lord had at that moment or at some moment come up behind Mary and the angels who were sitting, they see their Lord and they rise up in honor to the Son of God, They've been sitting in his sepulcher, but at the sight of him, can you imagine them standing up as if they're ready in an instant to be about his business, doing his bidding? Now, some, some people have even suggested that it was the angels standing to their feet that kind of caught Mary's attention and that there was someone behind her. And I don't know, it may have been so. 
but certainly the heavenly angelic guardians of of God would recognize the Almighty, would pay respect to the Son of God. You know, this is, I have to ask you, have you ever sensed that your Savior was near? The Apostle Paul said the Lord stood with him. You know that your the Bible says that Jesus never leaves you nor forsakes you, but there are some times when you sense his presence in a special way. And Mary didn't see at first that it was the Lord, but sensed something. The Bible says she turned herself back and saw Jesus. Now, I wonder, why, why didn't she recognize him at first? Do you ever wonder that? Was it unbelief that she didn't see? She'd been crying. Did did tears blur her vision that she didn't recognize Jesus? Or maybe, maybe like the the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, who there it says their eyes were holden, kept so they could not tell who Jesus was. And was Mary's eyes holden that she couldn't see? I believe that she um, they may have been holden, but definitely. She did not expect to see Jesus alive. She was longing to see Jesus, but maybe she was expecting to see him wrapped up in grave clothes. She sees, the Bible says, verse 14, she saw Jesus standing, standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Do you think if she saw him lying down, eyes closed, face white with death, she'd have known him immediately. But to see Jesus standing was more than she could possibly imagine or hope for. She had helped wrap his body with the spices and fine linen, but to see this was too much. She knew not that it was Jesus. Now, my thinking, our our thinking of our Lord Jesus is so far off that if we were... If he were to come to us in just a small amount of his glory, we would probably fail to comprehend it was him. But we are told that blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. 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 We're told simply to trust him. Take him at his word. And I ask you, you... you, you may have lost the enjoyment of his presence. You you used to be closer to the Lord. There was a time when you were earnestly seeking him with all your heart. But that time has passed. And perhaps you wish you could have some overwhelming feeling and go back to a time of a time of great joy in his presence. Well, maybe he will, instead of that, give you a calmness, give you rest. He may rebuke, but if he's present, it's enough. Maybe he'll put you to work, or allow you to suffer for him in some way. But may God give us discernment that however our Lord comes, we'll we'll see him for who he is. Mary looks for him, and he shows up, uh, but she thinks he's not Jesus, but the gardener. Well, she didn't get it. Mary doesn't catch it that it's the Lord talking to her now. Maybe she doesn't discern the tone of his voice that it's him. Um, this is, she, she's so far off the trail from the scent recognizing her Lord that she thinks that this person, Jesus, in front of her is her enemy. 
Where have you taken him away? Taken Jesus away? This is amazing. Have you ever thought for a moment that your Lord was your enemy? Not treating you right? That God was hiding from you? That he wasn't that he purposefully wasn't revealing himself, that he, that he was doing something or allowing something in your life that wasn't best for you, we're so easily mistaken like Mary, looking right at Jesus and saying, where is Jesus? What have you done with him? Mary, you're talking to him. And yet, we can complain when we ought to praise. And isn't it wonderful? Jesus knows her ignorance doesn't hold anything she says against him, against her. God knows our ignorance too. He knows our frame that's but dust. Number four, I'd like to point out, we've, we've seen number one, that different personalities seek Jesus differently. Number two, when seeking Jesus, don't be deterred. Don't be distracted or lose focus or get off course. Number three, Jesus may be much closer than you think. And number four, let's, don't stop short of finding and loving him. Don't stop short of finding and loving him. Verse 15, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Don't stop short of finding and loving him. Isn't it amazing? She thinks he's the gardener. But now she's asking the gardener where Jesus is. Mary's willing to ask anyone for help finding Jesus. She, even a common gardener. She's willing to learn from anyone. I want to ask you, if you're seeking to draw closer to Jesus, would you hesitate to listen to a cowboy? Bill Rice? One of the old preachers of the past, greatly used by God, was a, was a coal miner named Billy Bray. Can you imagine listening to a common coal miner preach? A person who's seeking after God, they would listen to a highly degreed G. Campbell Morgan or a no-degreed D.L. Moody. What about the one-eyed Christmas Evans, a preacher greatly used of God? Well, so long as the preacher preaches the Word of God and preaches Jesus Christ, it ought to be enough. Do you know when a person is really seeking after God, they're not just looking for short messages filled with stories and jokes and funnies. When you're really seeking God with all your heart, you want help that you might know Him. We would see Jesus. Whoever you are, I don't care if you're a gardener, lead me to Jesus and I will follow you. She seeks the Lord and she speaks. I love it. First, under this point, don't stop short of finding and loving him. She's willing to even ask a gardener. She also speaks as though everyone knows who Jesus is. Isn't this interesting? She never tells the gardener who she's looking for. The Bible says, uh, she, it says in verse number 13, um, I'm sorry, verse number 15. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne, what's the next word? If thou hast borne or carried him hence, 
tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. She never tells the gardener the name of the person she's looking for. If I was a gardener and someone came up and said that to me, would you tell me where you put him? Where did you lay him? Tell me and I'll take him. I would have said, if I knew her name, Mary, who is him? Who are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about him. I, I get that, but who is him? Can you imagine being so absorbed with finding Jesus that there was only one him to you in all the world and only one person that ever that mattered? You just assume that everyone would know who he is? And she's doesn't even say his name, just assumes that, that people know. I love it also that she's not afraid of what his body might look like. Just show me and I'll take him. She's not going to stop short of finding and loving him. Can you imagine a horrific sight of what the body of Jesus, if he would have been still dead, which she assumed that, what it would have looked like? His body had bled out, bled from its five wounds. His flesh had been torn by a cat of nine tails, the Bible says, so that his bones stared out. His grave clothes. He was no longer neatly wrapped in grave clothes. She knew that. She'd looked in the sepulcher and seen the grave clothes. His body was out of the grave clothes. She's expecting to find a broken, bloody, flesh-torn-by-cat-of-nine-tails body that's taken out of the grave clothes. His body had been dead for three days. And she's she's fully expecting to find him in, in, in this kind of shape, nothing can deter her. Nothing from seeking a dead Christ. Oh, that you and I sought the living Christ with such fervent passion as she sought a dead Christ. Notice, notice she is not going to stop short of finding and loving him. Mary's going to ask anyone for help, the gardener, anyone. She speaks as though everyone knows who he is, not afraid of what he might look like, and she's not afraid to carry him off. Interesting, verse 15, end of the verse. Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Can you imagine that? I mean, if a normal person would have looked back and said, Mary, you couldn't carry him away. He's too heavy. You would fall beneath the dead weight of his corpse. You're not strong enough. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. She's not going to be deterred. She is not going to stop short of finding her Lord. None of this matters. Faith, her faith, does not see the impossible. Do you know you can calculate a lot of things? You can weigh, you can add up, you can summarize, you can you can calculate, but it's hard to calculate the power of love for God. It would have been a terrible task for a lady to carry a dead body from its grave. But the love of Christ has constrained her. And when you love Jesus Christ, nothing's too hard, nothing's too hot, nothing's too heavy. It's not too cold. Oh, Lord. Anything. You deserve my best. I wish we could sing as a congregation right now, I wonder have I done my best for Jesus. Here is Mary. She's been weeping and seeking after her Lord, and she says, I will carry his body away. I wonder if I've done my best for Jesus. The day will come back when you and I will look back, and serving him, it will be worth it all. Luke seventeen ten goes further than that. 
so likewise ye, when we have done all things which are commanded us, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. Oh, what can we do that we don't owe him everything? We'll wish we had drawn near, nearer, when he called us. You know, we may look back and say, I wish I had not refused him when he said, come and dine. When he said, abide in me and I in you. Oh, to walk with him closer now. May he be our all in all, then we would have no regrets. You know, Mary here, she's still off course, isn't she? She still thinks Jesus is the gardener. She still thinks the person in front of her, which is her dearest friend, is an enemy that has taken away the body. She's still seeking Jesus, the living, among the dead. And she's back again looking in the sepulcher. I don't know if you noticed this, but look at verse 14 and look at the directions Mary is looking. Verse 14, when she had thus said, she turned herself back, that is, away from the two angels, and saw Jesus. She turns away from the sepulcher to look at Jesus, standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus talks to her, and between then and verse 16, she looks back at the sepulcher. Because verse 16 says, Jesus saith unto her, Mary, she turned herself, and saith unto him, Rabboni. So she's turned, when she turns away from the angels the first time, she looks back at the sepulcher, because when Jesus says Mary, she has to turn again to look back at Jesus. So, this is curious, is it not? It's it's uh, the second time she's looked back at the sepulcher. She's looking back at the old direction, peering again into the empty tomb for a few seconds. You have to say, at least she's still seeking, though. At least she's still seeking. She does not stop short of finding and loving him. Number five, you can find Jesus through just one word. We learn this from Mary. You can find Jesus through just one word. I, I think of this point, I think maybe I should trim my messages shorter. I know, long messages lose people. The The Lord, he gives one word that he gives to Mary, and suddenly Mary has all she wants. He says her name, Mary. Then all at once she knows him and cries out, Master Rabboni! One word. The angels could not comfort her. But Jesus preaches a perfect message in one word and gives comfort with a single word. I love that verse of the hymn, A mighty fortress is our God, that says, The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not at him. The body he may kill, God's truth abideth still. One little word shall fell him. Satan can be overcome by one word of God. And of course, Jesus is the living word. Mary finds Jesus in one word, Mary. And immediately she responds, Rabboni, Master. That word that spoke to her was her own name. 
It's as though Jesus has said, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When the Lord said, Mary, she knew who was talking to her personally. Oh, that we could personally apply this to ourselves. That Jesus speaks to individuals, to you, as if you were the only one listening. The preacher looks at you and speaks to you, but you know it's not the preacher that's calling you to God. It is the God of the Bible that's speaking to you even now, encouraging you to draw near and seek after Him with all your heart. The Lord, the, the Word of God, from the Master's lips, that Word is your own name. He calls you by name. Oh, now Mary's got it. Mary has Him. And we pray that that God would speak to us in the same way, to some who are listening, who would seek after Him. And I would cry out, Lord, speak to the listeners, that it is You, the living Lord, who is calling their name to seek Your face, that the message would come to hearers from the very lips of God, crying out their name for His glory. You're seeking the Lord. Oh, these are encouraging encouraging truth from God's Word. The different personalities seek Jesus differently. And when seeking Jesus, don't be deterred. Jesus may be much closer than you think. Don't stop short of finding and loving Him. You can find Jesus through one word. And last of all, number six, respond when He speaks your name. Respond when He speaks your name. Mary at once responded, Rabboni. She meant you are my Lord, you are my teacher, my rabbi. He knew her heart, he understood her, and suddenly she knows him. He is no stranger to her any longer. The good shepherd knows his sheep, and he calls them each by name. So Mary, one of his sheep, responds to his call. Has the Lord been meeting with you? Have you been seeking Him with all your heart? Do you look back and look at a time in life where you were seeking God with an intimacy and a fervency that has, has gotten cold? What happened that caused your heart to draw away? Would you seek Him again with the same fervor? Is He calling you to Himself again today? Has the Lord, does the Lord desire to meet with you? Have you ever been caught up in just a single word from the Bible that met some need of your life. Well, God has worded the Bible for you. Today, from your heart, you can call out Jesus, Rabboni, Master, I want you to be my teacher again, my Master. I want to own you as my Lord. You know, when we walk with the Lord, in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. I want to ask you, if He has called you to a closer seeking after Him today, oh, that these truths might help the hungry follow closer. Your personality is different from mine. We seek Jesus different. But perhaps God has stirred a, a restlessness, a longing to seek Him early to go the distance, maybe even a, 
inner searching to say, Oh God, why don't I have a hunger for you? I'm not going to make excuses, Lord, forgive me. Oh, that I might know you. Perhaps, perhaps you've been deterred when you need to seek him with all your heart. Jesus is closer than you think. He's closer than your hands. He's closer than your own heart because he already dwells within you if you are his child. He is waiting for you to turn to him with all your heart. It is, it is a great, great truth that we need not stop short of finding him, and we can find him through just a single word. He's calling our name. Will you seek him now? If you're here today listening and you're not saved, and you're seeking a Savior, there is only one. His name is Jesus. He paid the punishment of all your sin. If you turn away from Jesus Christ, you have lost your salvation. There is no other salvation. There's no salvation in any other name but the name of Jesus. If you'll call upon Jesus, who died for your sins, and trust in him alone to save you, he will save you now. If you are saved and God has called you to himself to seek after him, will you commit now, O God, I do not want to be deterred from seeking after you. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My, my soul thirsteth for thee, as in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. May God encourage his people today to hunger, to thirst, to seek after, not the living among the dead, but the living, living, risen Savior who longs for a closer walk with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.